This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, a massive uh, warm welcome to uh, our next guest on uh, this edition of My Chelsea. Uh, an absolute uh, Chelsea fan cast stalwart, uh, but also very well known, and quite rightly so, for uh, his authorship of loads of fantastic Chelsea books, and of course publishing many, many more, and uh, for freezing his nads off on the CFC UK stall of a Saturday. Mr Mark Worrell, how are you? Yeah, very good, Chidge. Good, good Very stuff. Good. Now, I for one, I, I mean, I, I know I kind of, actually, you know, I knew some of the answers to these uh, before I, I asked you, but uh, many others I didn't. And I've been really looking forward to this edition to kind of find out uh, your your well-travelled path uh, on on your Chelsea journey. So uh, without further ado, let's kick it off. So, I mean, how, how did you how did you find Chelsea? How did you become a Chelsea fan, Mark? Um, it's kind of a, a very gentle, gradual process. Um, I mean, my mum, my mum's Italian. My mum's actually a, an absolute fanatical Chelsea supporter now, but she she came over from Italy on her study year abroad at the age of nineteen, I think. Um, met my dad in a Soho coffee shop. Marvellous. Bar then, Italia. Uh, <laughs> I think it was the two eyes, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the rest, as they say, is is sort of history. Um, so, so there was nothing really. Uh, um, there was nothing there, you know, from a family point of view. My my dad wasn't into football at all, and then kind of my mum and dad's relationship wasn't, um, as you'd expect, wasn't all that because uh, I came along very quickly. So um, I, I was kind of like. You know, I was born in Wembley. Um, I started sort of my first recollections of football, uh, A and B, C football cards. 
Um, I just kept getting Peter Osgood and John Hollins. I remember that. And it literally was, you know, I was kind of six years old, um, six, seven years old. I think Man United won the league. Tottenham won the FA Cup and then obviously United won the European Cup the following year. But I don't know. I, I just kind of, I, I remember getting, um, I used to go to the hairdressers with my mum once a week and she used to sit under one of those weird and wonderful um, machines to dry her hair. Oh, God, and I used, yeah, to get, yeah. I used to get given a football magazine, um, which was Jimmy Hill's Football Weekly. <laughs> and, I, and I remember it was it was coming up to Christmas 1967. Um, and Peter Osgood was on the cover. And I, and I, I don't know, I don't know what it was. Um, it was just like a gradual thing. And then like a lot of kids who weren't sort of schooled in Chelsea, you know, either by parents, relatives, uh, siblings, school friends or whatever, um, you know, it was kind of that 1970 FA Cup thing that um, really snagged my interest. Uh, uh, you know, and, um, I, I just kind of thought from that point on, yeah, you know, this is the team for me, the blue and the blue. I guess, you know, I, I just liked blue. I think that was <laughs> it to start with. Blue is the colour, Marco. Well, well, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's as innocent as that. There's, there's, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, be, be like Misty and say, you know, well, my dad took me to a game, you know, blah, 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 and that's why. Uh, you know, and I posed with the, the Premier League and FA Cup when I was six months old, but it, it just wasn't it wasn't that way. So it was kind of a very gradual thing. Um, and then kind of a lot of pestering on my part, wanting just to go to a football game. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of got into, there was no television. We didn't even have a television at home until I was about 10 or 11 um there was a, a family friend whose father was a chemist had a color television one of the first ones so i actually saw the 1970 fa cup final and and the world cup and wimbledon that year and the olympics i think all in color around the mate's house um you know and it kind of you know that's all there was if you didn't have a telly there was no internet so it was magazines scorcher and score uh, you know football weekly these kind of things and you just kind of get instilled in in the game and the traditions you know and um i don't know you just wanted to just really badly wanted to embrace it and go to a game as as any kind of you know kid age 10 one would want to do you know and you go you could play in the playground jumpers for goal posts uh, so yeah, after much pestering, eventually my dad agreed to take me to a game, which kind of dovetailed around uh, a, a relative um, who had a who had a hotel in Liverpool, and I got to go to uh, my first Chelsea game, not at Stamford Bridge but at Anfield, um, hoping very much to see my two heroes, Peter Osgood and Peter Benetti. Um, who I would be on alternate weeks in, in the playground. Um, and neither played because both had got injured in a, in a League Cup tie with, with Berry in, in, in the, during the preceding week. So 
I was kind of devastated by this. Um, we stood on the cop, which wasn't unusual at the time. Um, my, uh, I've met a couple of people who, who used to go up there and stand on the cop. And I think even Mickey Greenaway went on there just to see what it was all about um, when he went up there. Um, but Chelsea were well beaten that day. Steve Sherwood, I think, was in goal. And he used to get quite a bit of stick as a, as a Chelsea keeper. But he was, I remember he was getting um, a lot of applause from from the Scousers because uh, I think it would have been about 10-1 but for um, his his sterling endeavours. And uh, yeah, so Tommy Baldwin was the guy who scored the first Chelsea goal that I ever saw. So uh, sort of a lovely little bit of symmetry there is that he's still a, uh, a face that I see pretty much every home game sauntering out of... Uh, Fulham Broadway station with a fag on the go. So um, it's quite nice to sort of have that conversation and say to him, you know, well, you scored the first ever Chelsea goal I saw, Tommy. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like that kind of thing. But, yeah, and then after that, my first game at the bridge didn't actually come until uh, 1974, and, and it wasn't much better. My, my, my old man was living in uh, Windsor and he got tickets to the to get into the East Stand. He got hold of some complimentary tickets for the East Stand, which was opening, um, which, which is my... I had a paper round by then and the news agent was an Arsenal fan and he said they built the East Stand facing the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Because once again, Chelsea um, were extremely disappointing. Uh, I actually probably picked the wrong time to start. I think if anybody's read Tim Roll's book, uh, Stanford Bridge is Falling Down, that was kind of like when I sort of started, got the opportunity to go to games as, a, as a, just as the as the club started staring into the abyss. So, yeah, I mean, we lost that first game at the bridge 2-0. I sat in the East Stand and I remember, um, I mean, at the time, sort of everybody sang You'll Never Walk Alone. I remember being on in the cop and hearing the Scousers singing it and then being in the East Stand and hearing the Shed singing it. Um, and it stopped after about a minute because I think Carlisle scored <laughs> in, inside a couple of minutes and I, I'm pretty certain it was the fellow that scored green. He was one of the guys that I always used to get as a twicer in my football car collection. Um, so yeah, that, that wasn't um, brilliant to, to, to be honest with you. Chelsea lost two nil. Um, and I think at that time, Carlisle started off the season flying, but eventually um, would be relegated along with Chelsea. Yeah. And I think, I think if Chelsea had actually won that game against Carlisle, uh, that they, they, they would have stayed up. But um, I think that's wishful thinking, mate. Yeah. So, <laughs> although it was it was tight at the end, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It yeah. I, I don't know. I just I I, I kind of felt. Um, I don't know. I wasn't old enough to think that deeply mm. about it. I, I just felt 
I felt desperately disappointed at the first game that I hadn't seen the two players that meant the most to me, being a little kid, um, you know, and losing. And then, you know, my dad sort of making me stay there. <laughs> Did he even let you leave early? No, no, no. Good man. No, I don't know. He, he was just like, you know, this is it. Um, this is you it. wanted to go to a game. This is what you have to put up with. Uh, good good parenting, Marco. Good parenting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, talking of that Liverpool game, because, I mean, you and I had a giggle before we went on air because I managed to find find really yeah. long 45 minutes worth of highlights. Yeah, from yeah, it. yeah. Good old Gerald Sinstat. And, yeah. and you're right. I mean, we'd absolutely had a shellacking in the week because we got all sorts of injuries. So the team... I mean, Stevie Sherwood, as you said, was the third choice goalkeeper at the time because both Bonetti and, and uh, John Phillips were injured. Uh, but Sherwood, Gary Lott, Eddie McCready, John Hollins, David Webb, Ron Harris, Tommy Baldwin, Steve Kember and the uh, immeasurable uh, partnership up front of Bill Garner and Chris Garland. Yeah. Cough. Well, Bill Garner did set the goal up. He did, <laughs> only only because he kind of missed it. You know, because yeah. he, he should have buried that and he clattered Clements instead. And of course, it, it kind of looped over to Tommy Baldwin, who put it away really well, actually. Uh, Peter Hausman was also playing. But I, I mean, what, what amused me out of all of that, watching those highlights? I mean, actually, I thought we were terrible. Oh, God. For yeah. a start. What, what was interesting, what it reaffirmed to me watching that yesterday when you sent me that link was. The blue. Yes, how dark it was. It's just so yes. smart, honestly. Yes. yes. And, and, and I just sat there and I thought, do you know what? That is exactly it. It's just that blue. Lovely. Um, and yeah. that's what set all those football cards apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful it's a, colour. I always always felt yeah. that in the, in the 70s, that, that that slightly darker shade of blue that we wore, that's how I see Chelsea and it always upsets me now when I see a slightly paler paler imitation of it in all senses of the word yeah exactly the the other thing that struck me about that Matt apart from the fact I didn't think we were very good that day uh, I I enjoyed the fact that that we were kicking lumps out of Liverpool for most of the game including Tommy Smith and Larry Lloyd which I thought was hilarious but the other thing that stood out was how bloody good Peter Hausman was he he yeah. he he was streets ahead of everybody else that was playing for Chelsea that day and he struck yeah. me actually because I never really got the chance to see him play at all yeah it was way before my time and uh but he looked watching him back in a lot of these old clips that I'm watching at the moment he, he looks like a very modern player yeah I mean I the, what's yeah yeah uh, what what yeah I mean what's really interesting I, I, as a child um, I don't, I don't, Houseman wasn't a player that stood out, no. but that, that was because, you know, I, I couldn't see what a player he was read, you know, reading a little snippet about Chelsea every week in a football magazine. Um, and it's only through having written that liquidator book about the cup run, um, the 70 cup run, that I thought, and speaking to people who obviously did see him play week in, week out, that what you've just said, um, you know, turns out to be so true that actually, you know, he, he was like a real player. Yeah. Um, and I know he used to get stick and they used to call him Mary and, you know, all, all those kinds of things. But, but, you know, he had some talent. Yeah. His um, passing, his diagonal through yeah. balls. 
That's what I mean when I think he he looks like a modern player. The, the range of his passing and and the way yeah. that he would push the ball, kind of you know, inside the channel. Lovely player. So there yeah. you go. I mean that Carlisle match, which which I confused with the one the next season, funnily enough. But of course that that I remember. That I was remember, in the second division. Yeah, <laughs> I remember seeing this on match of the day, or or was it the next year? It was possibly the next year, which was on the big match. But interesting that you know by that time, of course, Aussie had gone, so you missed on missed yeah. out on seeing Aussie. But actually, yeah. the ch- the team hadn't really changed that much, bar David Hay coming in for his debut and yeah. Charlie Cook coming back. So. Uh, uh, disappointing season that. Anyway, enough of all of that. Uh, oh no, one more thing actually. That Liverpool match. Bearing in mind that you were in the cop, one thing yeah. that struck me was when when Toshak scored that third goal, the cop, the end, absolutely fell. fell, didn't it? Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? that? Yeah. Well, what I remember, I remember my dad um, making me stand with my back to a stanchion. You know the old yeah. crush barriers. Yeah. 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 So he made me stand with my back to that. Um, and bearing in mind that I think my head was on level with yeah, it. Yeah. It was only little. Um, and I do remember one of the goals, I can't remember which one, that everybody went forward. Um, and then, you know, watching it again. I mean, you're watching any highlights of games, then you, you see it on TV and you think, God, that is so dangerous. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Crazy, <laughs> crazy times, weren't they? So anyway, obviously, you know, uh, even though you, you managed by pure uh, quirk of fate to start going to Stamford Bridge when things were going downhill and we'd lost a few heroes, Hudson, who was caught missing at Liverpool as well, Aussie had gone by then. Um, but who who were your favourite players growing up? I think, um, well, Bonetti and Osgood... Uh, I mean, it's funny because, like, as you just said about Houseman, um, you know, there's players that you that come into your consciousness as an adult um, who kind of cloud your judgment because it was so long ago as a kid. I mean, literally, it was like Benetti and Osgood, Benetti and Osgood, Osgood and Benetti, you know, Starcraft goalie gloves, all all of that. In the playground, that was it for me. Um, but then, you know, I, I don't know, you kind of get older and there's like an appreciation creeps in of Houseman, but he wasn't somebody that I idolised as a kid. It was kind of much broader, um, you know, just from those football magazines. It was just players who played for England. And it tended to be, I don't, I don't know it was, whether it was because of the way the information was presented in football magazines that they tended to veer towards those mavericks that that, that we all kind of um, like, you know. But it was all all that all the players of that era. So, you know, like uh, Colin Bell, Mike Summerby from Manchester City, best obviously. Um, Brian Lebone at Everton, you know all, all the you know the the Leeds players, they 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 just like leapt off the page. They they came alive, um, and that was the only way for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. So and it was the same, you know, with all the with all the Chelsea players, um, and and obviously I kind of had this thing about Tommy Baldwin um, because he scored that goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, an interesting way to get into football. Just very, like, very different from today. Yeah, very different from today. I mean, I, I, I totally. It was, I, in a way, I mean, maybe it's because we were kids then, but it was a less tribal thing. I mean, I remember. I mean, England was as important than any club side that you you may or may not follow. Mm. And, and as, as you say, I mean, I used to love Colin Bell. As a, I'm a bit younger than you, but I remember him as a kid and uh, Alan Clark. I mean, I know it's her- heresy to say it, yeah, but yeah. I, 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 I wanted to be Alan Clark because he just used to score goals all the time. Yeah. You know, and I fancied myself as a bit of a striker, even though I was absolutely shit. But, you know, it's funny, isn't it? It just seemed less, <laughs> less complicated in a way. And I, and I love the fact that you're right. I remember at school, you know, how how unusual, you know, you kind of grow up thinking that, you know, nobody wanted to be in goal. It was always the fat kid that got put in goal because no, everybody wanted to play up front. And yet Peter Benetti almost uniquely changed that whole thing around. Everybody wanted to be Peter Benetti, didn't they? And have those yeah, gloves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Legacy, exactly. really. Yeah, but there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of, I've sort of sat and, you know, Miss Misty, my daughter, who's 10, sort of asked me loads of questions. And obviously she came to her. Her first Chelsea game was at the bridge was the Everton game, which quirkily was the last game at Stamford Bridge mm. or the last Chelsea game. Um, you know, and she was just asking questions all the way through. But, you know, she just goes and I mean, she met Bobby Tamblin. Um, you, you know, she, she was just asking questions all the way through. And I never had any of that when no. I was a kid. No. Just nothing. You know, if she wants to find something out about Chelsea, she just goes on her iPad or asks yeah. me. I had nothing. I had no 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 brothers, no one nope. calls. <laughs> no, no. Very different. Mum and dad were, yeah, you know, so I just found <clears throat> found it myself and it was just as I said at the top of the show, it was just like a really gradual process. Um you know, which, which kind of eventually I mean I really kind of got going in the eighties. Um and I met up with a bunch of lads who, who I'm still friends with now. Most of them still sitting gate, well, sitting gate seventeen. Um, and it was just finding people to go to games with on a regular basis, um, and that was kind of the clincher for me. But that didn't come till you know that was like ten years later. I was I was in my early twenties by then. Um, so I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, you 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 started getting in. I mean. So really kind of the 80s is when you started kind of going in, you know, regularly. Yeah, no, no, regularly, yeah. Home and away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the lads. Yeah, I mean, that's when I kind of really got into the social side of it. Because it it was all, I mean, even then, you know, I mean, I don't know. Chelsea still managed to get relegated in the 80s, didn't they? So um, it, it was never... It was never. I was never in it for the glory that, you know, people new to the club today might might be accused of being glory hunters if they find Chelsea. Um, it was always eventually just the social side of it. Well, in your in your in your list of uh, you know some of your favourite matches, and of course, because this is a terrible question to ask any of us because we can sit here for about three hours talking about our favourite matches with Chelsea, particularly if we've been going for a long time. But the first one really intrigues me, and it was Bolton away uh, on the 26th oh, yeah. of Feb in 1977. So what, yeah. what, how come that got in the list? 
because it was a two-two draw in the, yeah, in the second division. Yeah. So so essentially, this was um, Burnham Park um, was kind of a very traditional old football ground with a big open terrace, um, not too dissimilar to the old North Stand. Uh, and then a covered end at the other end. And I can't remember if it, it must have been raining. Anyway, somebody had the bright idea to go in the lever end, which was the home end. Uh, and all the Chelsea, the majority of the Chelsea supporters there were on, on the railway terrace. And then about, I don't think about 10 minutes before kickoff, it was like it was like a Wild West cavalry charge. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, there must have been about three thousand kids ran across the pitch, and then and then half and then more than half of them because there was nowhere to go ran back. Um, and I just thought, wow, this is like incredible. I mean, I was kind of sixteen by then, so um, you know that that whole try that that's where you're talking about the tribal thing you know th this was like eddie mccready's blue and white army at its feral best and obviously there was some older lads there but um you know that was kind of bloody hell look at that <laughs> so yeah um, first time you'd seen an end taken well yeah well I mean, uh, yeah i mean just something quite you know, I'm not condoning it, sort of pitch invasions, but that's how it was then. And I'm not, I'm not saying it. Uh, you know, it sounds a bit glib to say there was an innocence about it, but you know, it was kind of just crazy. Um, you know, well, I think actually, you know, I take your point, but you know, you're, you're right. When you're young, we don't perhaps look at things in the in the objective manner which we do as adults. But if you're in it and you see it. The, the adrenaline and the excitement of it, if, if providing you're not, not, not in the thick of it and getting, you know, beaten to a pulp, then the, there's, there, is yeah. a, there is a frisson of it, excitement about it. And as you said, because yeah. it, it's so counter to the, the order that we see everywhere else in our lives, and I think your description of it is feral, is, is absolutely spot on. And I can imagine that it must have been quite, quite something to see. Um, okay, so we know that you've, you, you've, you've had a very... Uh, shall we say, tough apprenticeship as a Chelsea fan. First season, seeing them going down. Uh, and, of course, we spent a lot of time. We were in Division 2 in 77 during that match. Uh, but there, there has been glory. And uh, a, a fantastic book, actually, that, that you wrote, really celebrating a particular day, which is when, really, Chelsea returned to the big time. So that gets in your list, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the game with Arsenal um, in 1984... Uh, again, I think, you know, it's interesting over, over the passage of time, what you remember. Um, I mean, some people can, you know, remember passages of play without having to look at highlights on TV. I mean, I, I remember more, you know, a bit like that Bolton game, we kind of remember more about the social side of it. And the, and the, the whole thing about that day that still gets me now is it was the first game of the season. So nobody had mobile phones. There was no internet, no email. The game was an early kickoff. And somehow all these groups of Chelsea fans managed to, to get together and make one, you know, mass 
um, entrance into Old Highbury. You know, in the Clock End, they, they were everywhere in, in the North Bank, the Clock End, and, and in both stands. And if you look at any photographs or, or watch any footage of, of that game, you know, when when Kerry Dixon scores, I mean, this is just Chelsea here, Chelsea there. You know, I mean, literally, it, it was extraordinary. Um, you know, and the whole thing about that day, I don't know, the atmosphere, what it meant to be in the first division, um, you know, and the, and the goal itself, which, which, you know, is the kind of that swivelling volley. Um, Proper goal, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, and I'm sure everybody's seen it um, plenty of times, but, you know, it was, it was just an extraordinary goal. Um, and it was like, yeah, wow. Look We're at back. Yeah. And yeah. that kit as well was great. Yeah, yeah. love that kit. <laughs> love that kit. Yeah, so, you know, uh, writing a book about it was probably a bit mad, but it was, a, you know, it was, it's, as a period piece, it was pretty good just in terms of, you know, highlighting all those things that, you know, were part of part and parcel of life then that have disappeared now, mm. um, you know, I just couldn't see that that level of organisation. Organisation um, shows a real dedication, doesn't it? I think. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I just found I, just find, I used to find that quite interesting. I mean, obviously, it, it didn't happen on on the, on the same scale that season. I think it was just like the element of surprise, as, as was often the case. Um, at football when you know you could pay on the pretty much pay on the gate um for a lot of games you know you sort of get there early and get in um yeah yeah that was a just an extraordinary experience um all of it mm. wonderful lovely uh Next one you got on there is, of course, the full members' cup final in in eighty six, which you know I, I've heard you talk about a, a lot. But you know, given given the dearth of any kind of tangible success that we'd had for so long, is that is that why it, it, it becomes so special for a lot of the the Chelsea supporters that were there? Yeah, well, I mean, the weird thing was I, I was born in I was born in Wembley, and literally out, out of the flat. You, you could see the, 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 the twin towers of the old Wembley Stadium. Um, and obviously, kind of being a kid, not being able to go and watch Chelsea, um, you know, missing out, but getting into Chelsea at the time they won the FA Cup. And then obviously they won the Cup Winners' Cup the following season and got to the final of the League Cup. So there was all of that. And then, and then it fell off a cliff, literally. Um, you know, so the chance to go to Wembley um, just meant a lot to a lot of Chelsea supporters, probably my age, definitely younger and probably a bit older, who who hadn't had the opportunity to go to Wembley in 1970 or 1972. Um, I think, you know, that's that's why it just it kind of overrided the fact that Ken Bates had created the trophy so he <laughs> so he could win it. Um, but yeah, you know, fair play to old Greg Beard. 
uh, you know, it, was, it, it certainly um, gave us all something to cheer about that year. You know, it, it's interesting. I, I interviewed Colin Pates recently, as you know, and what he had to say about that was fascinating because he felt that in many respects, no matter how Mickey Mouse that, that cup was, it it was really important for Chelsea going forward. And he, he, he really believes us now, OK, you know, he was there and maybe that clouds clouds his view a bit. But he really believes that actually that, in a sense, was a catalyst for what was to follow in the 90s. And if that hadn't happened, maybe that wouldn't have either happened either. Because in a way, that like 84 in a way, in a small way, Chelsea were back. So it, it's interesting that your next uh, your next favourite match, uh, 11 years later, is back at the same place, isn't it? 97 final. 97 oh, final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind when of... When we really uh, were back, Marco, because we actually yeah. won a proper trophy. I think the, the the same thing again, you know, there was the disappointment of the 94 final. Mm. Um, but I think, I think going into that final, my, my expectation um, was, wasn't that high. You know, we, we kind of beaten United home and away in the league that season. Um, but, you know, they, they, they were a good side and obviously they, they ended up, Winning the double, didn't they? And they had Ellery um, on as well, of course. Yeah, of course that they had Ellery, and you know, and obviously if, if Gavin Peacock had kept his shot down, it might have been a different story. But all of that was horrible, and it, you know, four nil was horrible. It pissed it down with rain, which was also horrible, and there was absolutely nothing good about any of it. Um, and so, you know, that revolution that kind of Hoddle inspired. Um, that got us to that final in 94, you know, and obviously kicked on with um, uh, Hullet, Viali, Di Matteo, et cetera, and Zola. Um, you know, going into that final in 97, it was like, yeah, this is our time now. Um, you know, and for me, obviously, being Anglo-Italian, the fact that, you know, Chelsea were suddenly um, an anglo Italian, well, not anglo Italian, but they were a multicultural side. There was, was a big Italian influence, though. Yeah, you know, all, all of that kind of, do you know what, this is it. Suddenly, after all the, you know, after living on that premise, you know, it's the hope that kills you um, so many times and, and just having been persistently disappointed from a football perspective, because um, the social side was always great. It didn't matter whether you won or lost, um, but it, it was just nice for it all to come together on, on the pitch and, you know, kind of blow Middlesbrough away. And, you know, that, that goal, I'm just grateful to God that I was actually in the stadium and in place yeah. Um, yeah. to see Di Matteo score. Cause I know plenty weren't. Well, I mean, you know, we've been to a lot of Wembley finals, thankfully, since those days. And you're right. I mean, I've won, I've I've got into Wembley quite often after kickoff. You know, it doesn't take a a lot to go wrong for you to miss the first. I think I think actually the last uh, the last one, that awful one against Arsenal, I missed the first ten minutes because it was so hard to get in. So yeah, you were lucky to be there for Robbie Di Matteo sticking <laughs> it in in forty five seconds. 
You know, just talking about that Italian thing, talking about Di Matteo, I, 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 it's interesting to think about that, isn't it? Because, you know, we grew up, you know, Channel 4 bringing Italian football to, mm. to England, in a sense, with mm. the, the Golazzo programme and all of that. Everybody, start, everybody started to love Italian football and become knowledgeable about it. And then in, the, in that kind of mid, mid to late 90s period for Chelsea, you're, I think it did become very Italian influenced. And I think the, the, the really interesting thing for me was that we were buying Italian players, you know, who were still playing for Italy. Robbie being the, the, the obvious example. Uh, but Franco was still getting games. Viali was an absolute legend, Italian legend. So there was a real, I don't know, I think that was a real kind of, you know, culminescence of, uh, of of what we'd kind of grown up with, in a sense, watching Italian yeah, football I mean, on TV. It, I always thought, yeah, I always thought it was kind of, you know, being a kid when I first got into it, um, but not being a part of it, obviously, you know, that you sort of read about, I read about the Kings mm. of the Kings Road. I didn't experience yeah. it. And then you kind of become imbued in all the, <clears throat> the, the stories and then read everything about, you know, uh, all the goings on in the pubs and, you know, the style, uh, it, all of that. And it was kind of a replication for me of what I kind of missed out on, the Italian thing. You know, it, it just had all of that style that, that just sat so nicely wouldn't have worked at any other club no. in London, I don't no. think. No. Simply wouldn't, you know. Yeah. And and Well, Azuri for a start. Well, yeah, no, just the whole the all of it, you know. Um just for me, it was just a, a magical time. Chelsea is it, style, Marco. Yeah, well, it's just <laughs> brilliant, you know. Um yeah, what a wonderful time to be a Chelsea supporter, you know, especially you know, just sort of going back to my humble origins of of uh, feeding on scraps and, you know, the, the, the way the cards um, were dealt to me in terms of football. It was just, yeah, you know, this is it. This is great. And I didn't think, I, you know, I, I didn't think it would kick on in the way it did from there. Um, I just thought, yeah, you know, we're a, we're a great cup side. Um, this is it. Brilliant. You know, uh, winning the cup winners cup. Um, and then it, it just saw, just really started coming together. Um, you know, culminating with obviously Abramovich buying the club in, in, in 2003. And I, I went to the, the first competitive game Chelsea played after Abramovich had bought the club was against Gelina in the in the Champions League. I think it, I think it was that like a, pretty certain it was a qualifier, um, and they had that weird embassy regal yeah, kit, yeah, yeah. There, which, which is a beautiful kit, I think. And I remember there there was, a, there was only like two hundred Chelsea fans there. I was there with young Dave. Um, and, you know, and out they came and I thought, crikey, look at this. Um, you know, it just, I thought, we, we've arrived now. Um, you know, this, this is kind of, you can kind of, I just kind of had the sense that we were going to do um, something quite extraordinary. 
Well, mm. once, once, on... Abramovich had bought the club. Chidge, JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> but where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, on the path to that, I mean, I, I often look back at that 99-2000 season, our first in the Champions League, and yeah. I, I still think, for example, you know, when we played Feyenoord away, I think that's some of the best football I've ever seen Chelsea play. They seem to kind of marry this brilliant European technical style with that fast, you know, yeah. very attacking up and atom English approach. Um, but, of course, you, you've got a match that you've mentioned in here, which is uh, Milan away, where, of course, Dennis yeah, yeah. Wise scored a fucking great goal in the San Siro. Yeah, yeah. And you were there. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that, that again, that was um, brilliant f- from me, obviously, to be able to not only go, go to Milan, but see my relatives there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I actually, myself... And Solari and another lad, I can't remember how I managed it, but I, I managed to blag us into the press. It wasn't a box. It was just a press it, press seating area. And, we, and when Wise scored, um, obviously we went mental. And I remember Brian Woolnuff, who's oh, sadly passed away, um, how did you get in here, you young ruffian, <laughs> giving, giving it all this? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that, you know, that was, ex- I mean, and the game was a draw. So, you know, big a lot statement of at t- the time, big statement at the time. It was, and it, you know, that team, I think the team at, at that time, um, you know, we, we had Zola in there. Uh, we had Tor Andre Flo was in the team by then. Uh, Dennis Wise obviously was in the team by then. Um, and um, kind of Marcel Desai. It was a good side, you know. Yeah. World Cup uh, winners. Deschamps, um, you know, he, he was in there. 
I'm pretty certain Jody Morris actually mm. came on in that game. Um, but yeah, you know, and, it, and it, there was a lot. You know, there were a lot of cult heroes in 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 the side. You know, it's like I know you asked about sort of chance, but I always loved the Albert Albert Ferrer. Everyone, everyone knows, knows his, his name. Yeah, you know, <laughs> all all of that kind of stuff. You know, that was a fantastic team. Ed Ahoy. Um, yeah. Ed Ahoy. <laughs> and of course, one. Shevchenko was playing for Milan. He was um, yeah. at that time. They were a good side. Yeah, big statement. I like the fact that three of your favourite matches, including that one, are all Champions League matches, but they've all given rise to particular songs. I mean, the the Dennis Wise song from the San Siro is still sung today. Yeah, and then we've got uh, Wayne Bridge's goal that sent us out of control and Arsenal out the Euro two three four on April the. Uh, six uh, yeah. two thousand and four, and you were at that. That's a, that was one not to miss. I sadly did miss that. I was in the Duke's head in Putney at the time. Yeah, Doctor no, Mark. We, we we were in the we were in the clock right in the divide uh, right by the dividing railings. So you can imagine how good that was when Bridge scored. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, you can't. I mean, I know. I, I guess I know a lot of these games that I've put down or away games um and i don't know whether that's because i don't know it kind of mean maybe means more to to pull something off away from home or it just sticks in your mind more maybe maybe it's that um, remember you know i think i might have I can't remember what I chose now in mine, actually, to be honest but i think there's a there, there is a lot of crossover here but remember with that match and this 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 was one of the reasons why I was so ecstatic about that. We had been on the wrong end of Arsenal for so long oh, before God, yeah. that. That was yeah. the, that was where the yeah. dam burst. We had finally yeah. nailed those sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. why that's so important. Yeah. You know. Well, also knocking them out. Of- <laughs> well, and in their invincible season, of course. Yeah, exactly. As well. But it was that so, that broke the hoodoo for me against Arsenal, yeah, yeah. which had been yeah. there for too long. Um, the other one, of course, is is you know talking about rivalry with Arsenal. We we then uh, thanks to two thousand and well that would have been the season before, wouldn't it? Where we were, were saved by beating Liverpool in the last match of the season, and we then kind of went on this mad rivalry with them uh, for the next few years, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and in 2008, we played them in the sem- another semi-final against them in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, and you were there with Major Tom, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, this, what, what was astonishing about this game, we, we'd gone up, um, I think it was a minibus load of us had gone up, uh, all with tickets in in kind of the away end, in the, in the Anfield Road end. And then I can't remember what happened. There were a couple of lads had bought tickets on the black market in in the centenary stand, um, which is was I think it's the Kenny Dalgleish stand now. Um, and they they I don't know they they were sort of didn't want to go in there a bit. So we we said oh well we'll we'll go. You you have our tickets and we'll go and sit in there. So me and Tom went and sat. In the centenary stand, and we were about five yards from the shed, uh, from the cop, literally at that end of the ground. So when um, when Kalu came scampering now, and this is like the end of the game, um, the cop is in full "you'll never walk alone" mode, and then Kalu, literally on eye level with me and Tom, 
crosses the poorly and Anarisa <laughs> Anarisa um, heads it in, obviously creating a chant as he did so. And me and Tom obviously just were out of our seats going, yes! <laughs> and then and then looking around uh, and all these sort of scouse eyes on us going, fuck, we better get our coats. <laughs> <laughs> and I still, I'm st- to this day, I, I was, there was kind of a, a, a covered walkway under there. I mean, how we got out of there with, with our shirts, um, I've, I've got no idea. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that was quite an extraordinary uh, experience. Brilliant. And of course, yet again, Marco, you were there at the birth of another great Chelsea song. So I commend you for that. Um, there's a, there's a couple here. That just I only took... wish I'd invented these. Well, songs. I know. I don't, I'd love to know who invented well, that one. But uh, I think it, as as with so many songs, it piggybacked another song, uh, and we appropriated it. But why not? It was a cracker. Um, right. I mean, the last couple of I'm I'm, de- I'm deliberately leaving one of them out, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But uh, I, I I need to talk to you about the joy of six. Uh, first of all, oh, yeah. <laughs> at the lane, at the lane in 1997, and then in 2014 at the bridge to ruin Wenger's thousandth game. I have to be honest, Marco, and I think you'll know this because we, we, as people will probably know, we don't sit too far away from each other up at, at Gate 17 Stanford Bridge. But I don't think I've ever laughed so laughed actually, just belly laughed at a match as much as I did when we beat Arsenal. Uh, oh, in, mate! In On, honestly. Um... I mean, the the whole thing was a, was was just entertaining from start to finish, wasn't it? it was just uh, the, the the there was the farcial sending off, wasn't there? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, which still makes me laugh, and and the fact that we were singing, "Is there a fire drill?" after about <laughs> after uh, after about ten minutes, exactly. um, uh, you know. I, you can't, I don't know, you just can't buy. You know, people say, why'd you go to football? Yeah. What? Why'd you go? Well, you know, to beat Arsenal 6-0, you know, to be 3-0 up, I mean, it was like 15 minutes, wasn't it? I think Eden scored a pen, didn't he? I think I I saw people, Arsenal supporters leaving after Hazard scored that penalty. Um, Which is joyous. Mo Salah scored for Chelsea that day. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of people remember that. <laughs> now that that's a that is a good quiz question. That one, I think, isn't it? It really, yeah. Really is. But what? yeah, you know, I mean, games like that. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, I don't know. And, it, and the and the, the, the even the funniest thing about it was it was Wenger's one thousandth game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Poop, pooped on his uh, on his uh, you know parade totally. With that one, what what about the lane? I mean, every I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to be there, but that was almost equal, the, the, equally the, the, funny. Yeah, I mean, the Tottenham thing. Um, what was what was sort of entertaining about the the, the the that that was sort of still relatively early in in the sequence. So I don't know. I, I don't know what number win that was, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't to where it got to, um, and you know, we we were going, we were we were doing okay. I mean, this was it wasn't this this team was pretty much the team um, that uh, duelled with with Milan. 
So, you know, it was kind of like LeBeuf Wise, um, Robbie Di Matteo, Torre Andre Flo, Zola was, you know, those guys were still in there, Baba, Dan Petrescu. Um, and, and this was just like, it, it, the interesting thing about this game was nothing happened for, for ages in it. Um, you know, it was kind of like, okay. And then it, it was just, you know, Torre Andre Flo scored. And I think, I think they, I'm pretty certain they equalised. They did. Um, yeah. Vega. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Spurs equalise and it's, it's kind of one all at half time. So not really expecting 6-1, are you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, the, the, the way, the way the game just sort of went to, to the point where you sing, we, you know, we want five, we want six. Um, it was just extraordinary. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Again, it was Tottenham. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Now, I, I deliberately left one off that list um, because I'm now going to ask you what your best Chelsea moment uh, has been thus far. Um, I think for all of us, you know, we would be disingenuous if we didn't all say, particularly if we were there, and I know you and I were lucky enough to be there uh, at Munich to see Chelsea win the European Cup, finally. Mm. I think that's almost a given. So I've kind of said to people, that's an assumption that Munich was the best one. So uh, apart from Munich, what's been your best moment so far? So I'll probably have to go with being at the Reebok, um, see Chelsea kind of win the win the league after all that time. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that similar to the 97 thing with the FA Cup final and, and, and 86 with the full members cup final, it's kind of like, you know, never in, you know, I mean, I started out never in my born days that I think I'd see Chelsea win yeah. a game. Yeah. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> You know, was like, never, uh, never thought I'd see Chelsea win a game. You were, I never you were, two, you were two for yeah. o, you were two for O, Mark. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the hope that kills you, mate. That's what they say, isn't it? It is the hope that kills you. But yeah, you know, just be being up there with my mates um, and just seeing that happen. You know, just Lampard on the ball, running towards us, Jasseline into beats, lots it past him. Unbelievable. I mean, it was like, it's still, mate, I haven't got any hairs on the back of my neck anymore. <laughs> but if I did, they'd be standing up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, you know, it kind of, it makes it all worth it. Um, just to have that those little moments. bit of, yeah, just to have those salad days that you can think about. Do you know what? That was brilliant. That makes it all um, worth it. Yeah. Do you remember what you did afterwards? Yeah, I do. We, we we spent about six hours in the car. Foolishly thought we'd get back to London inside four hours. Got back at midnight. No. Yeah, <clears throat> got back at midnight. So You missed all the fun. I think I slunk in for a couple of cheeky ones in, in um, I think it might have been Tones, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, missed all the fun after. So sort of, in a way, I'm not bothered really. I mean, we had a massive party. I think we played 
I think that we had one more home yeah, game. Charlton. Yeah, we, we played Charlton and um, we had a big party in well, what was the one bar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that was like just a, a major party. So it kind of had the party then, which was fine. But I was just glad to be there, to be honest with you. Well, the, the absolute opposite of my experience, because I couldn't be there. I ended up watching it in a pub on my own in uh, in uh, Pimlico. And then, then all hell broke loose because my phone just was every two minutes, another a message or a call was coming in. And we were all in very, me, Martin, Psycho Phil, Cheltel, Stuart and Chris, all in different parts of London. And we were all, we've got to be at Fulham Road, we've got to be at Fulham Road. And we all, we all mess up there and with, a, with about 3,000 fellow Chelsea fans and Marco... They had to shut Fulham Road clearly, and it was yeah, yeah. it was carnage, yeah, carnage. And then <laughs> then we went for a curry in Mish. In what's that? Is it Kish Kishmish? Oh in yeah, well, I think it's something else. Yeah, now, it's always it? changing but, his yeah. name. That bloody Indian. Yeah. And, and Phil Phil was so pissed by then he kind of fell asleep. So we 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 were putting you know we did the whole kind of buckaroo type thing, putting food on him until he woke up in an angry. Yeah, mood. yeah, yeah. And I ended up in the Imperial Arms dancing with Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols. It was just, <laughs> it was surreal. But you know what? I'd have given all of that up to be at the Reebok. Yeah. And that's why, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, it was a special, special. day there. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing, Marco. You know, you can't be a Chelsea fan unless you experience extreme pain and deprivation. Um, yeah, it's, it's part of the character building process that that, yeah. is, it, that, that is requ- required to be a Chelsea supporter, I believe. So, um, what are your worst moments? Um, I think uh, so. Losing, losing in Moscow, being in Moscow and losing that final uh, over two played over two days. And it was chucking it down the rain. That that wasn't brilliant. Losing to United, as I said earlier, the the four nil at Wembley, that wasn't brilliant. Um, but the kind of the levels of expectation that I had there, you know, it was kind of mm, um, the relegation against Middlesbrough was horrible. Uh, but for reasons, um, and I think it was the anniversary of this. Was it yesterday or the day before? That 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 game when um, we were eliminated from the Champions League by Barcelona, the Tom Henning of Rebro farce. Uh, that that game, being in Gate Seventeen, we always have to move for Champions League games. So we were in the shed right by the Barcelona supporters who we'd been giving it large to <laughs> ever since Michael Essien scored that worldie up the other mm-hmm. end. Um, and then, you know, there was, there was all the nonsense going on with the, the penalty shouts, but I was like, yeah, no, that's okay. They're not giving us anything, not giving us anything, but we're still going to go through. And then in Iesta, it sort of shanked the, it. Oh, God. I mean, literally, I I can still see it now because it was literally directly in front of me. And I, was, and it, I saw him hit it. And I'm like, fuck, this is going in. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I was just like, oh, no. And then he took his shirt off and sort of ran wheeled round. 
And all the Barca fans are going mad. And I just thought, oh, God. Mm. You know, and that, and we've been singing all the way, you know, the, the, the big chant for the last few weeks um, was fuck your history, we're going to Rome. You know, and it was just, just the cir- the whole, the circumstances, <coughs> because I just felt that we really had been cheated. You know, UEFA loner, I think Platini, who obviously turned out to be uh, a fine upstanding citizen. I think he, he was in charge of UEFA at the time, wasn't he? He was. You know, you know all, all, all of those things, I just thought, this is shit. This is a conspiracy, and I'm I'm not I'm not going to believe anything else uh, than I just thought we would we'd been cheated, and and I think it was you know I, I can I could take defeat, you know, and, and having sort of grown up on the back end of defeats and being crap, uh, you know, I could take that. It's not fair enough, you know, and losing to Man United, you know, okay, they're a good side and you know, we lost and, you know, JT missed that pen and that hurt. It was a kick in the guts, but I didn't feel cheated. Um, and I felt cheated in that game. Mm. And that is the worst feeling for a football supporter. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember people who not non Chelsea supporters going, ah, oh, you'll just spoil. That's what it is. You know, self entitlement. I was going, no, we've been cheated. Yeah. You know, and, and it was just, horrible and it, it probably would have been it would probably have been less horrible had i been in gate 17 and seen it from the other end no from my usual place it or was it not it was that where you were you in because there this is what i can't understand because i i you know I, you know what i'm like i've got a memory like a like a you know a, a, a gnat and I remember that match so vividly. And I was in gate 17. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. Because you're right. We get moved for the big matches in the later rounds. And I sit not far from you. In fact, you're more further forward than me. And it's the back rows that get moved first. So I, I, for the life of me, cannot understand why I was in my usual seat. But I was, and I know I was, because I was so angry at the end of that match. Was it just as bad there then? Yes. I was so angry. <laughs> I mean, you know me. I, I kind of lose my shit at the football. It's it's a wonderful outlet to you know to let That's any cathartic. It is wonderfully cathartic, and I I can let a lot of my anger and and I swear I I, I you know I can be a bit naughty at the football, and I was so angry because it was. I mean, as I said, you had to be there to understand the extent of the appallingness of the decisions that were being made. It was just so clear that we were, we were being cheated of this. If you've got half a bloody brain cell, you could tell that we were being mugged off. And, of course, Marco and I are, are, are of an age where corrupt European refereeing against English clubs and European football has been the backstory since the 60s. So you just knew it stank. And I was so angry about it, Marco, that... I'm just glad I was in gate 17 because if I'd have been in the East Lower or the Matthew we, Harding Lower, we, we, I'd have been on the fucking pitch, mate. I well, tell we, you. We, we, there was like a weird netting um, to, to, to the right of us. There was this kind of like a no man's land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there was like, you know, sort of a, a losing the shit moments of madness <laughs> where uh, it wouldn't have looked good. Um, 
But yeah, it was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, no, you know, I, I, genuinely, uh, you know, for me, just that sense of being cheated—that was the worst. I think. Yeah. Definitely. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, last few uh, bits, really, of this thing. Uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, the players that you grew up with, you know, Ozzy, Benetti, and, and good old Tommy Baldwin, who, who I adore, I have to say. And all the interviews we did with those ex-players, he was just hilarious. He's got a real twinkle in his eye, even to this day. Uh, we've had some, I mean, we've been blessed in the last 20 years more really with some fantastic players so it's an almost impossible question to ask somebody but you know have you got any favourites in the modern era yeah I mean obviously the Italian thing you know kind of um, in the Premier League era sort of I, I mean Viali I just thought you know what he did as a player coming in as a player and also to manage the club um, and everything about him, the way he looked, his passion. You know, I, I know I know Zola was a better footballer uh, and scored one of the best goals I've ever seen at, at, at the bridge right in front of us in Gate 17. But I don't know, Viali for me kind of epitomised that, um, that swagger that we were talking about, you know, that whole Italian style cult you know Di Matteo wasn't far behind him in those stakes um but yeah you know for me Viali um obviously Lampard uh just you know what a fantastic player and ambassador for the club he he was as a player and obviously that's translating into his um you know the way he's handling himself as the club manager I thought Ricky Cavallio was, um, you know, he, he doesn't, Ricky Cavallio was a superb player, but he's kind of, John Terry wouldn't have been half the player he was, totally. half the captain leg, leader legend he was without Ricky Carvalho next to him. Um, so Ricky, for me, gets a nod. Uh, Joe Cole, um, wonderful player. Uh Personally, I, I just thought he was one of the best players that we had at the club in recent years in terms of skill. And then, you know, you, you can't not mention Eden Hazard. Um, you know, I think uh, on his day, Hazard, simply unplayable. I know he was a bit of a petulant sod and he dreamt of going to Madrid at the, at the end of his, his time here and all those things. But, you know, I, I think on a par with the, the Zola goal against Norwich, the, the, the goal he scored in the, in the game with Arsenal um, uh, in, in Conte's first season when, when he sort of ran rings about round half Koscielny twisted blood. Yeah, I mean, that you know, <clears throat> he, he left them, they, they looked like a bunch of flabby drunks mm, running for the last did. bus. Did. Uh, <laughs> the, the Arsenal defence. Uh, you know, that he, he was a superb player. You know, we've, we've been so lucky to have, yeah. um, you know, that, that glut of clutch, whole clutch of players come through. Um, 
you know, and and now we've got kind of the, this young generation to get excited about. So, what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive! Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, if we were going to you know, kind of nail it down to your all-time Chelsea hero, who would that be? <clears throat> I probably have to go with uh, Kerry, um, mainly because. Uh, well, obviously, he's he's, he's, he's um, a fantastic goal scorer, a player who's you know fantastic club servant. But you know, Kerry's like I think he's I don't know two or three weeks younger than me, so he's the same age as me. You know, he he kind of joined the club just as I really started going, um, getting involved and going to games all the time, and I kind of saw his entire Chelsea career. Um, so probably saw most of his goals firsthand. Um, got to know him after his playing days finished. Um, you know, which kind of you know go sort of builds into that kind of legend legacy thing. When 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 you're fortunate enough, um, as I have been, to to get to know a lot of these players. Um, so yeah, I think it would it would be Kerry on on, on that basis that um, just having seen his his career and you know watched him score some fantastic goals and I still think back to that you know that game at Highbury you know and it's kind of um, yeah the thing about Kerry you know because I would share that view in fact a lot a lot of that experience although I wasn't going as much as you were in the, in the 80s but that's when I first really kind of kind of properly fell in love with Chelsea and I properly fell in love with Kerry there's something there was always something very heroic about Kerry you know he was he was you know to be a hero they have to be something in the sense that you're not perhaps capable of, of being and yeah. he, he was a big six foot blonde blue blue eyed bloke who could put it about? He could run fast. He could score spectacular goals. He could score yeah. shit house goals. He had attitude. He had a rapport with the fans. He was he was he was everything I wanted to be on a football yeah, exactly. pitch, but could never be exactly that. Exactly that. And I think you know that point about the fact he was my age and uh, like you like you yeah. mentioned. I mean, I was rubbish <clears throat> at football as well. <laughs> Um, I was good at kicking I, people. I was, was a trier, <laughs> but I just gave up. I preferred. I, I was into. I was more into music. Yeah, likewise, I was more into music and the social side of football <laughs> than, than the football itself for a long time. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, and I think you know, he's obviously Kerry's had his problems. Um, you know, in that sort of maverick type way that a lot of these players um, that that you know a lot of us like, um, you know, kind of that human fallibility, um, you know, and he's had, you know, issues in his personal life, obviously. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just thought he kind of epitomized everything that you wanted in a center forward when you, you know, he was the center forward that I read about growing up. Royal the Rovers. Yeah, I mean, he was, and it, it was kind of like, <clears throat> you know, I didn't, I didn't get to see Peter Osgood's career firsthand, yeah. so he was kind of, he was my Peter Osgood, yeah. even though I, I, I loved Peter Osgood, uh, and I was very fortunate to meet him as well. But obviously, when when he wasn't 
was no longer playing. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, yeah, Kerry. Kerry. Love yeah. him. Love him. Yeah. Okay, right. Finally, Mark, uh, the most important question of all, really, I think, uh, and I'm sure this will make you tickle too, but uh, we've got to have a favourite Chelsea song, and you've got a few <laughs> in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? You cannot be... When the whole of the ground is singing Chelsea, 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 and and the away fans or, or the home fans, depending on whether you're away or at home, start singing You've Only Got One Song and then are muted by Chelsea, Chelsea, <laughs> and it just goes on and on and on. There is something quite mesmeric about that, um, which is, you know, stupid because it's so simple um but yeah you know i I really you know i I love that song and then some of the quirkier ones that we've had down the years i mean we did the albert ferrer one earlier but (laughs) you know i mean some of the stuff i mean i still laugh at the 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 randomness of the, the the Mario Stanich song, well, which 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 was invented I mean, in Gate Seventeen, Marco. Well, I'm who, I'm who, convinced by this. <coughs> but who would think to 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 get a Deep Purple song from <laughs> twenty years earlier um, and rip the guitar riff off it yeah. and and sing Stanich? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. brilliant, yeah. and then. You know, some of the cleverer ones. I mean, I always like the the Only Fools and Horses one. I remember that at this time, um, uh, we used to go in the one bar, which we it was come the re- it's the old Nell Gwynn pub for, I think it's, a, it's on the bridge. Um, if you come out of Stamford Bridge at the shed entrance and go across, it's the pub on the New King's Road on the bridge. I think it's changed names again. Somebody mentioned recent, but it, it was most recently the Jam Tree. And at the time we were going in there, it was Come the Revolution and then the One Bar. And it was like a brilliant place for singing. And songs came out of that place and some of them made them onto the terraces or into the stands and some didn't. And, you know, that... Stuck a Veron in his pocket. He nicked Glenn Johnson from West Ham. Because if you want the best ones, then you don't ask questions. Then Roman is your man. Because where the money comes from, it's a mystery. Is it from the drugs or the oil industry? So come on, Chelsea, chuck your celery. Because we are the famous CFC. Yeah, la, la, la. All right, I've blown the mic. <laughs> I think what a, what a what a fantastic what that is that is rock and roll Marco uh, for those of you who, who haven't realized what's happened Marco's denouement on to the fantastic only fools and horses Veron song he in his na 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 he blew his mic out so uh, what what a fabulous way to end this whole thing Marco I have to say uh, you know what a fabulous way to spend an hour and 15 minutes always a pleasure talking to you anyway but to hear your recollection recollections of following chelsea you know since the 70s absolutely I, I if people enjoy this half as much as i have done uh for the last hour and a bit then uh they're on to a good thing mate cheers matey oh that sounds who knows when we'll uh 
meet again at the bridge. Well, you know what the Queen says? <coughs> she says she says we will meet again we at the will si- meet again We will meet again. Yeah, but they edited out the last bit. She said we will meet again at the CFC UK stall. We will. So there you go. Mate, I look forward to that. No doubt I'll be speaking to you uh, in due course on a, on a future Chelsea fan cast. But until then, as always, mate, up the Chelsea. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.